1: I cannot believe that Rishi Sunak was once treated as some seriously impressive politician by the commentariat. Now, I'm going to go through three car crash interviews which he's done, uh, which I think really point to just the state of his general premiership, um, and with it, the state of the country, unfortunately. Uh, The Conservatives have assembled here in Manchester for their annual conference. I'm here because every year we record a video where I go around running after delegates and politicians. Uh, That'll be out on Wednesday. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Now, the Tories are months away from what remains an almost inevitable electoral battering. An election will take place probably in May or November 2024. Now, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, was heard secretly telling Tory activists that Sunak will call an election once inflation falls below 3%. That's not something that's in his hands. I know he's trying to take credit for inflation um, eventually coming down, even though has been stickier here than in many other countries. Inflation is coming down everywhere as, for example, the international pri- uh, energy price uh, spike subsides and the impact of supply chain disruptions uh, diminishes. But wh- whenever that election is, next spring, next winter, it's fair to say we are on the last lap. So it's worth looking at Sunak's latest media outings just to see how he's faring in the run-up uh, to that little electoral extravaganza. First up, there's a matter of HS2 and the proposed cancellation of his northern leg, which he doesn't have the guts to announce explicitly uh, because his conference is in Manchester. So what he's obviously doing is dragging it out uh, because he knows it'll go down like a cover sick up here. Um, now, cards on the table, I'm very pro HS2. The fact we lack the high-speed rail of other supposedly developed nations is ridiculous. Um, And having a high-speed rail system which stops at Birmingham would represent a massive calculated up yours to the north, which, to be fair, is a long, well-trodden tradition of British conservatism. Now, Sunak is toying very clearly with cancelling it, so let's hear him being grilled by a local radio presenter in Manchester, who, as ever, often do a better job than their national counterparts. We're
0: straight-talking people in the north. It's a yes or a no. Are you scrapping the HS2 line between Birmingham and Manchester? Now, like I said, I'm not, not speculating on future things. We've got spades in the ground right now and we're getting on. But what but people is it also review? want to know... As it, well, go- government is always making sure that we get value for money out of everything we do, but that's just a statement of the obvious, right? But But I think what people also should know, because I know there's a lot of focus on this one thing, but actually, what are the journeys that people use most in Greater Manchester or across the North? It's, it's on, in their cars right now, getting to work, taking their kids to school, making sure that the roads are free of potholes. That's probably priority number one that people raise with holes. me. We're not talking about potholes. The main story uh, this, right now we, across the country uh, is people want to know about the future of HS2. And still now, you can't give me a yes or a no. And you're the man in control. You, you have the keys. And, you can tell and, us now if that's happening. but but anna my my point to you is the vast majority of the journeys that people make are are in their cars making sure that we make sure our roads are well maintained
1: i won't speculate on future things what is this man blabbing on about it is sort of your job buddy to clearly set out for example your long-term transport plans given you've left the north of england in limbo but it is clear that actually what sunak is doing on the question of transport is trying to lean into a new culture war, um, and that's this so-called war on the motorist. I'm going to explain why this is complete and utter nonsense, and again underlines what a contemptible, dishonest politician this man is, now let's listen to him in this interview. So do you agree with Penny Morden that Wales's 20 miles an hour policy is insane? Yeah,
0: I, no, I I think imposing a blanket 20 mile an hour speed limit on areas is absolutely not right. It's not and blanket it does, though, is it? Yeah, it doesn't reflect people's priorities. Yeah. People are dependent on their cars for their day-to-day journeys. And, we should, and these kind of blanket bans aren't, aren't the right proportionate approach. But also, it comes on top of this other policy not to build any new roads as well. Like, when you take these things together, it seems like an attack on motorists. Yeah, and that's. Right rightly received the opposition that it deserves.
1: I do have to pick you up. It's not a blanket ban, though. It's not a blanket speed limit. There's you know, 30 miles, 40, 50, 60, 70. So it's not blanket.
0: Well, I think I don't think that's quite right. I mean, look, the opposition in Wales is clear. You don't need to tell you. You've seen the unprecedented amount of opposition to the sure, policy. Sure, but language is
1: important, isn't it? And if you're going to call it a blanket speed limit, it's not
0: blanket. Well, as I said, I think look, so you've seen the opposition from people in Wales to this policy.
1: It isn't a blanket 20 miles an hour limit. It's a lie. The guy's a liar. Keeps lying. Keeps doing televised... Um, performances which are lies when he goes on about meat taxes being scrapped that was a lie uh, i mean when he talks uh, compulsory car sharing being scrapped that was a lie when he's saying there's a blanket about 20 miles an hour limit in wales this is a lie it affects only 30 mile per hour roads and even in those cases there were many exceptions wow
0: nice yeah
1: is five times more likely to die than a person hit by a car travelling at 20 miles an hour. And we're not even discussing the life-changing injuries that can result from non-fatal collisions too. Now, the idea there's a war on motorists is just nonsense. A BBC graph of transport costs between 1997 and 2015, for example, shows the cost of bus, coach and rail steadily massively increasing, to be honest. But in that time, motorists' costs either flatlined for long periods of time and increasing much less. Overall, the cost of being a motorist has Increased much, much more slowly than those other modes of transport. As Financial Times research found, um, British cities are more poorly served by public transport than those of, me- of any other wealthy Western nation, including the United States of America. Now, the Conservatives' privatisation of the buses in the 1980s led to the decimation of our bus services. Since then, bus trips in major cities outside of London collapsed from 2 billion um, a year to a billion a year. Now, Toy's think they're being oh so clever and dismissed by you know dismissing their opponents as sneering metropolitan elitists by saying well actually outside of london people rely far far more on cars than they do in the capital why is that then because london actually has an extensive relatively well resourced and regulated transport system including specifically a regulated bus network so people aren't forced to use cars Outside of London, because of the failure to invest in public transport, it's gone in the opposite direction. What we really are talking about here is a war on public transport, not motorists. That's what we should be talking about. And obviously, a lot of people, given the option, would use other modes of transport, but they are left with no choice but to use cars. Now, also, a war on pedestrians. We're talking about, for example, this 20 mile um, an hour versus 30 miles an hour. Um, speed limit. I mean, what Sonak here is doing is just very very casually dismissing the menace to people's lives represented by cars travelling at high speed, now um, in these residential areas. But apart from the content, can we also talk about his delivery? He's coming across as such an arrogant, obnoxious, just generally extremely unlikable man, I would say. Is this how he's going to approach a general election campaign? Because these interviews are just dire, 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 dire. Let's come on to his uh, latest interview with Laura Cunnersberg. Now, whatever I think about her journalistic approach, for another time, I feel, uh, he just talks over her. I mean, just listen to this content.
0: I'm a conservative. Of course I want to cut taxes. The best tax cut that I can deliver for the British people right now is to halve inflation. Well, that inflation was why it was the first tax, of my it's priorities. it's oh, no, but, but I, I want I, to Laura, ask you about Michael Gove's comments this If Go's I could, please, morning, I think, actually, no, I if I could, please, please, it's really important, because you okay, just said something that I completely disagree with. Mm-hmm. Inflation is a tax. You just said it isn't. Inflation is a tax. It's a tax that impacts the poorest people the most. And that is why the best tax cut that I can deliver is to halve inflation. Well, and inflation that's why I set it out as the first... Cut, let's not have a, uh, Economically, a, 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 not have economically the debate. impact that it has on people is but to my, eat into, quest, their pockets, it eats into their pockets, it eats into their wallets, the, it puts up the prices of things, it effectively acts as a tax, and that is my, why my we must you, bring it down. And that's why we are, and the plans are working. But my,
1: well, inflation isn't actually a tax as it, prime minister. I mean, it isn't actually literally a tax. It's not, I mean, what's it raising revenue for? Where's the, where's the inflation revenue going? That that's, that's what tax would actually be in practical terms. Now, I know everyone's focused on that element of the interview for pretty obvious reasons. But what's more egregious is he's helping to spread this lie that inflation going down means prices coming up. It, it means the rate of increase of prices goes down, but they're still increasing. So people's living standards which have already been eroded, that's then baked in. I think overall what these performances show is this guy does not have a strategy. Now, whatever you think of David Cameron and George Osborne, I have many thoughts. They did have a strategy. They were political strategists. They had an overarching narrative. They would you know, they were thinking ahead. Um, I mean, the, 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 the referendum didn't pad up that well. But overall, they did, you know, they had some sort of clear, coherent strategy this guy just reacts on the spot for events. It's just completely reactive. There's nothing holding it together. You know, stuff like the the, the Uxbridge and Rise Riselet by-election uh, because of um, the backlash um, over ULES, the ultra-low emission zone, amongst some voters, that led them to conclude that they'll just lean in on this issue. And that's all it is. It's just completely opportunistic. There's nothing based on any substance. It's not about the future of the country. It's just, oh, we can just lean into this and whip up a culture war and then we'll just do random culture wars on the environment that isn't a strategy and that's why I still obviously remain convinced uh, despite the multiple failures of the opposition itself to have a clear compelling narrative for the country that that these people are going to sink and they're going to sink because they've trashed the country and now all they're doing is basically flapping around, trying to clamber onto anything they can in a very cynical and opportunistic manner. And I think the voters will see through that. Please like, subscribe, do support us on patreon.com forward slash ungez84. Uh, not least to support the documentaries. We're going to do more of them. The Conservative Party Conference will come out on Wednesday. Make sure you check that out. Um, press like and subscribe. I will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods.